0: My goodness! Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. If uh, if everyone only knew how our planning session went coming in, into the show, <laughs> I don't know if they'd listen. And it's it's like all these things get stuck on the wall. We just throw it out there, and That's then right. we have to erase about ninety nine percent of it. Is like no, we can't talk about that.
1: It's exactly like making sausage.
0: It's messy, but the product's good. Yeah, the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, a lot of you know, the show, like a lot of stuff that happens in the culture that, you know, you just like, I can't believe that's in the news. Right. I'm not making this stuff up. Like I'm not doing it or making it up. <laughs> we can't even talk about it on the show because it's like stuff that you're like, you can't even believe
1: that's yes. out there,
0: you know, it's unbelievable, particularly like around Christmas, you know, like I was reading this article where people were putting like inappropriate things made out of their Christmas lights, yes. you know, like on their roofs and houses. And, and, and we're talking about like, inappropriate things like really inappropriate like body parts and stuff and you're just like did someone actually do that for christmas
1: yeah i mean if you weren't sure that we're getting further and further away of what christmas is all about like (laughs) something like that
0: you know what and that's pretty far you know why adam because christmas is just about lights
1: ah it's just about so if you can make creative light combinations bringing laughter to people that's all christmas is about yeah Joy in your heart from inappropriate <laughs> laughing. Yes. It's so sad, you know?
0: But... Because there's joy in our heart. There's laughter that has meaning, that, that like, right. is real fun, real joyful and And that's what people don't get. I humorous. mean, that's
1: why I love your book, Shameless Plug, uh, Rethink Happiness, because there is a difference between, like, a generic good feeling and contentment and, like, the joy that God comes to bring us. Right. Which is holy and chaste and just and good and pure and real... And it's not just God just doesn't want us to be happy. Like, you know, whatever you're into, get into it. God wants us to be happy in him, right?
0: No, 100%. Now, I did have a Louisiana moment. So people who aren't from Louisiana, it, it, it was a moment. I was like, did this, this really happen? And this is kind of strange. Now, there's a, there's a unique tie-in in Louisiana between faith and culture. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, it kind of bleeds into each other, which is cool. Uh, a lot of people you know, Christian and Catholic, and then you have the culture, the Cajun culture. So someone, uh, put me on, on their, their email list for their weekly reflection that they sent out. Okay. Okay. So they got my email by permission and I was like, oh yeah, send it to me. No, I don't really know. (laughs) And so send out, I'm just on it. They sent out like a weekly reflection on like, you know, a spiritual reflection Which is good. Like, it was like, oh, this is good. Like, I'm reading this, you know? (laughs) After the reflection, I'm not even joking, on the email was a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke. So it had, like, the spiritual reflection that just went right into a Boudreaux and Thibodeau joke.
1: Nice. Classic Louisiana.
0: Classic Louisiana. Like, who does that? Only in Louisiana. And the Boudreaux joke actually made me laugh. Yeah, people outside Louisiana
1: don't understand that sacred quality that Boudreau and Thibodeau jokes have now because of their use in homilies or reflections. I mean, it's almost like a, a sacramental.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. holy
1: water, uh, scapulas, and Boudreau and Thibodeau jokes.
0: Right. No. Absolutely. Okay, so um, we're going to do a little Have You Seen. What did you say?
1: That is so interesting.
0: Oh, for real, though? Uh, besides the Christmas light thing the Have You Seen, we're not going to get into that. I just kind of am appalled that people would do stuff like that but Mm -hmm. it's you know it's hysterical to me not what they're doing it's hysterical that we're at this point like you know you kind of get to this Mm -hmm. point anyway um you ever been in a family gathering people opening presents this is the have you oh yeah okay and you pay attention to like what they say when they open the present it's the most awkward moment ever right yeah, like, what
1: do you say to What this? do you
0: say? I've never thought about that, but you're right. Okay, so just pay attention. But then even pay attention to yourself. Like, in your mind, you're thinking, like, what do I say about this mm-hmm. gift? Well, when kids open gifts, they don't have that filter. That's right. Okay, which is what I love. And they're going to tell you exactly what they think about the gift that you gave them. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we just had a gift exchange with some family, and um, I have a little, uh, little nephew. He opened up his present, and as soon as he saw it, he didn't even know what it was. Okay, like he just knew what it looked like. Mm. Okay. Like it was this sort of like this game thing. Okay. But um and as soon as he opened it up, he goes, Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was his reaction. Ooh. <laughs> and I just lost it. I was laughing so hard. Because how many times, honestly, we get a gift or we show up somewhere and we think thinking it's going to be one thing and we get something else and we're like, in our mind, we're like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if we could really do that? I guess so, you know. He can because it's like, He's a kid. He's a kid. There's no filter and it's like,
1: ooh. Like, y'all really
0: got me this?
1: Yeah, that's rough. Uh, Well, some kids though, like, okay, so I'll I'll do a little family story here. You, You ever have like, Pulling a name yeah. and then you get a gift for that name. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was younger, around college age, I wasn't as responsible as I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. You grew up a little? I
1: mm-hmm. completely forgot, two, to get a gift. Right. I mean, one, to get a gift, two, who the person was. Like, I had no clue. <laughs> and so I decided to get something generic
0: mm-hmm.
1: that could be for a man, a woman, a child. Like, whatever. man, we could do a
0: whole show on generic <laughs> gifts. It was like so, a blue jean jacket? Like,
1: what? So I got a candle.
0: Rubber boots, a smell good candle. Oh, because that's that's like that, that's <laughs> and,
1: a... <laughs> and some fancy socks. Okay, like warm socks. Okay, wool. Like, yeah.
0: We well,
1: ended up being my uh, five year old nephew that I picked, mm. and so he opens up the kit, <laughs> and I swear this is what he said because he's heart of gold. But he said, uh,
0: "This is what I've always wanted." <laughs> <laughs> he lied. <laughs> he did. See, I would rather. M- <laughs> my nephew who's like, ooh.
1: Maybe somewhere in the middle is like where we should be. This is what I've always wanted.
0: <laughs> I've actually never said that ever.
1: Yeah. So so I laughed too at that moment uh, for a different reason. <laughs> but that's um, good stuff.
0: Okay. So anyway, you know, I was actually thinking about that reaction by my nephew. And, uh, you know, last week's show we were talking about Advent and we're still mm-hmm. in Advent, which is we're going to be intentional about staying in Advent here. Um, although there's a lot of cr- cool Christmas things going on, is I often imagine the reaction of the first responders to the manger. Okay, the Magi show up, you know, uh, we don't know speculation like who else, you know, mm-hmm, showed up, mm-hmm. you know, saw Jesus for the first time, the Messiah. Like, what was their actual reaction? Now, it, you know, we know it says in scripture, you know, they saw him, they worshiped him, but like in their mind like what like what was their expectation I guess you could say you know so christmas is coming and you have this expectation of maybe a gift you're going to get now you know we I'm at the age where like gifts mean nothing and we don't really get stuff for each other and it's not like hey I am expecting to get this and, and then I got that it you know I'm talking about different expectations we have expectations about life we have expectations about where we want to go in life or What we want our vocation to look like or if we want to get married and what that looks like or expectations about our career and finances or our friendships. And, you know, a lot of times like our expectations cannot, it's not, they can be unrealistic, but they can also like just be unfulfilled Mm -hmm. expectations. Yeah, which is a problem.
1: In relationships, a problem in our relationship with God. Yeah. In particular, you know, if we have certain expectations about how our life should be or how our relationship with God should be, how our prayer should be, all these things, it can lead to this sense of disappointment or dissatisfaction.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So here's what we do know is that the expectations of what people thought was going to be the Messiah was different. Absolutely. And we do know that, you know, like. People were not expecting what they got in yeah. Jesus, you know, the incarnation, a baby coming into the world, growing up as a man, you know, preaching, dying on the cross, rising from there. there were, no one could have predicted that or expected that, right? Right. And I imagine, like, the first responders coming to the manger, uh, and, and even in a sense of as Jesus has grown up, is what, what was their expectation in their mind, and what was their reaction, of like, oh, that's not what I thought was (laughs) going to happen,
1: right? Yeah, and I love that you bring up the wise men because they went on this huge journey to find the Lord. And I think the journey helped take back any expectations they would have had that would prevent them from worshiping. So, for example, if, if if this king that the stars were pointing them to was next door, and their journey took 20 seconds, they might walk over, see a baby in a manger with some poor people and animals and the stink, and say, ooh. ooh. Right? Like, that's right. not... And then just kind of go back to their daily life, right? Right. But they journeyed for months right. at great expense and cost, risking their lives when they went to Herod and, like, realizing it's a shady character. I mean, this was... It costs a lot. And that journey of, really, of, of discipleship helps cast away our expectations because mm. it becomes more about finding something than it is about finding what I think I already think I need.
0: Right. You know? Um, or what I deserve or mm-hmm. what I should have or be there or what should be done for me. You know, I mm-hmm. we can really kind of throw out our expectations and they can be unrealistic, they can be realistic and they can also be unfulfilled and I think, you know, what Advent does is it helps us to understand and here's where we're going to get with it is we're going to kind of go into some other list of revelations that we receive at Advent, Mm -hmm. like that we come to know and understand about God. And the first one is this around this topic is that, um, here's what we know is that God works in ways that we don't expect, right? Like God works in ways that we don't expect him to work. And he showed up in a way we never expect him to show up. And he did miracles. We never thought he could do or would do or could do. Um, our expectations as a, as humanity saw something different unfolding, and yet this is what God chose to do, right? Blew our expectations away and fulfilled them at the same time. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like he works, and he works outside of our expectations, and yet at the same time can fulfill what our heart desires, if that makes any sense. Totally,
1: because he purifies our expectations, right? Like as he works— the, the doubting, the questioning, the not knowing where he's going, the, the journey, right? The Mary and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem and having to be uncomfortable and, and risk everything. All of that is God purifying our expectations, our desires to be just for him.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I mean, and drill this down even to the, into the human experience of the incarnation, of the actual, you know, story. Mary expected to get married and get pregnant in a different way.
1: Yeah, she wasn't expecting that.
0: For sure. She was not expecting what happened, mm-hmm. right? And in this sort of change of what happened, she could have just like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I expected. I'm out, right? Mm-hmm. Joseph expected to court, get married, have a baby, live a simple life, work, you know, not raise the Savior of the world, right? Not have mm-hmm. his, his uh, wife get pregnant. Um, by the Holy Spirit, like, his expectations, like, he wasn't, his expectations were completely different, right? And he actually tried to bow out. He tried to, like, be like, hey, I I think I need to leave here. Um, And yet, in the midst of all that, God worked in ways that they didn't expect and, at the same time, fulfilled their expectations beyond what they could ever imagine would be fulfilled in their life. Right, because
1: deep down, all Mary, Joseph the wise men want really is jesus himself right cuz that's what we're made. we're made for god that's who we want and a lot of times our expectations get in the way of god mm-hmm. you know because we we begin to worship
0: who we think god is rather than who he really is and we begin to worship how we think god should work in our life
1: mhm right yep and we get disappointed god, if it's if something else
0: you do this god if this happens then I will, mm-hmm. right? How many times have you heard that? Yeah, People, you know, totally. If God does this, then I will. And God is bigger than those expectations, and that's what Advent teaches us. It, it's the reality that God works in ways that we don't think He can or will or work the way that we work, and yet at the same time, His His the way He works is much better than we could ever work. Fulfills our expectations, you know. So the question for all of us, like. You know, it's like, what are your expectations for your life? Like, really? Like, are, are you where you thought you would be? Or did it unfold the way you thought? Or what are your expectations for your vocation, your marriage, your, your career, uh, your finances? And, and it's okay if they're not fulfilled, in, in, in a sense, in the human part. Because if you surrender your expectations, God can fulfill what your heart actually desires. Because we're looking for like all these outward ways to fulfill us. Mm-hmm. That's what our expectations are. We expect certain things to go our way so to make us feel better, look better, you know, become better. Yeah. Well, this wise priest I had the pleasure of meeting, um,
1: he's actually from Spain, but he would talk often about the need to discern expectations, actually. And it's reminding me a lot of what you're talking about, but he would say part of the human experience... Is expecting things right like so if we go on a trip if we go to Christmas dinner with our family like it's part of our human experience that we anticipate what's gonna happen and he said or he would say we need to discern what God is preparing for us in those moments because if we don't we're not gonna be attentive to what he's doing you know? hmm. So if we don't discern and pray about, God, what are you expecting to happen? What do you want to happen? Then we can experience those things and miss out entirely on the gift that God actually wanted to give us. For example, how many people were in Bethlehem that night? Right. But were completely unaware that the Savior of the world was being born in a cave outside the town. Right. right. But those that were aware were the ones that allowed their plans to be disrupted. The shepherds mm-hmm. who said, "Come to, you know, come and see. So they did. Um, so those that allowed God's expectations, the gift God wanted to bring to become their expectations, they saw the Savior. They were able to find him in that in that
0: manger. Right. I think the best thing to do with expectations is just to name them. Mm-hmm. Whether they're realistic or unrealistic, get them out there. Write them down. Talk them out. You know, in marriage, if you have an expectation and you don't say it out loud, then an unmet expectation builds resentment and anger. Oh, yeah. It. And our relationship with God, it's the same. Like, if, mm-hmm. if we're not having conversation with God about our expectations and discerning that well, what ends up happening is we become angry and bitter at, at Jesus, at God, at the church, right? Mm-hmm. And here here's the thing, is people expected Jesus to be something different, the Messiah. Their expectations were different. And yet, when they encountered him and saw him, they... They let go of the old expectations because they were fulfilled by how how good and true and powerful he was. Right? They forgot. Oh, you were supposed to come as this you know ruler and dictator, and you were gonna just you know win over by power. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't even think about that anymore because you fulfilled our expectations even more than what we thought, and that's what's yeah. important about. Just speaking out that because God works in ways that we don't. And when we can just put that out there, Advent teaches us to really lean into the miracles that God can do in our life. You know what this makes
1: me think of? It's a weird analogy. But you've been to the movies, like to movie theaters yeah, in your life? Uh-huh. All right. My guess is the movies you remember seeing either – did not measure up at all to your expectations or far exceeded them, right? But the ones that exactly met what you thought you were going to see, you probably forgot about that's, that's like the next day. That's a good analogy, right? And so, God moves us and He, He like, He courts us, He seduces us, if you will, like He, He stirs our desire for Him by exceeding our expectations, right? And um, if our God is meeting exactly what we think he is, then we are not in love with God. We're in love with ourselves. Like, we're in love with who we want God to be, and we're letting him meet those expectations and none other. Right. Right? But if we are brave enough to let him be him and let him blow up our expectations, this
0: is what makes us fall in love with him. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, Advent calls us to surrender our expectations in the manger and let Jesus fulfill what we really desire. All right, we come back talking art of living. Paul and Adam. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity Healthshare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity Healthshare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam talking art of living.
1: I expected to come back from the break. I expected that. And I fulfilled your expectations. <laughs> Thank you,
0: Paul. <laughs> because I showed up, did a great intro. You did. Um, so anyway, thanks everyone who's listening in. Um, dude, okay, so my grandmother, <laughs> she's passed away. years Oh, like, gosh. Uh, but not recently. But okay. But anyway, God bless our lover to death. But every Christmas, her tradition was <laughs> to give everyone... Now we had a large family, they had six kids, and those six kids had a bunch of kids, and so there were a lot of grandkids, and then those grandkids had kids and great grandkids. Um, So her tradition was everybody got a pair of socks, just random like dress socks. Nice. Like nothing that you would even wear. And in, (laughs) in the pair of socks was a $2 bill. Everybody got one? Everybody got a $2 bill. Where'd she
1: get all these $2 bills?
0: She would go to the bank and, you know, they make $2 bills, but they're rare. Yeah. And everybody would get a 2 dollar bill. That was tradition. Now when we were younger, everybody would get also get a gift. Okay? But mm-hmm. as the family grew, let me tell you, the best worst idea ever. Okay? <laughs> My grandfather decided that no one was getting gifts anymore. Grandkids, nice. kids, you know, family was too big. And I get it. Like who wants what and there's like 60 people. Okay? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, do the math. So here's what he decided. He decided no more gifts. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a Christmas lottery. I'm going to take everything that I spend on Christmas. So say like three grand on like, you know, kids and grandkids. And I'm going to put everyone's name in a hat over 18 and I'm going to pull names and I'm going to give out three prizes. There'll be like a $500 prize, thousand dollar prize seriously yeah two thousand dollars so only three people would <laughs> win the lottery and the other 40 would stare them down and want to kill them because you would act happy oh you won the lottery this year you're walking away with a grand and you would want to kill them at that the is same time. crazy yeah yeah and it, and it worked out i know it, it it he did it for years and it was never, never good. But he did not care. He <laughs> thought it was the best idea ever. He sounds a lot like you, actually. And, and he had a lot of fun with it. Like you and, would totally do that. And didn't care what people thought. Yeah, that's totally you. And behind his back, people were crying, <laughs> throwing knives. Talk about expectations, right?
1: Gosh, Apple did not fall from <laughs> the great tree.
0: <laughs> you think I would do that? Totally. That yeah, totally.
1: that sounds exactly yeah. like something you would say. Wouldn't that be awesome? Now, maybe you wouldn't go through with it.
0: It would be a good idea. But
1: you would be like, "That is awesome!"
0: Right? (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that's good stuff. mm -hmm. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas stories. I tell you, (laughs) expectations. You know, I think you know with the holidays. I think if we were all be honest, it's a huge word for us. We have a lot of expectations. Expectations about family, about getting together, about time together, about gifts, and we can get lost in those expectations. Honestly. Uh, expectations for our spouses, and unmet expectations build resentment. So, you know, we talked about just getting those expectations out. But the most important place to surrender those expectations are to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lord, you fulfill what I really desire. Because in my humanness, I have expectations, but I don't know what I really desire. You do. Mm -hmm. You can fulfill
1: those. And, man, that's that's just the heart of pretty much every human problem is— have we done that or not? Have we let God form our expectations or do we go to him with expectations already and say, why aren't you fulfilling those? I remember, um, it was a sweet young couple. They, uh, been married a couple years. We're in church with my family. So it's me, my wife and my seven kids. Right. And we're at mass and then she comes after and she's like in tears, you know, and she said, please pray for us. Please pray for us because we want a big family just like yours and... Hashtag goals. We've been married for two years and we just haven't gotten pregnant yet, you know, and like she's weeping about this mm-hmm. and I feel for her heart, you know. One thing I asked her is like, well, why do you want a big family? You know, like mm-hmm. why, why do you want that? Right. Because I'm not saying she shouldn't want that, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is... Why do you want it? Why do you want it? Because if, if two years in, um, something is wrong to the point where I like I, something's wrong, you really got to ask yourself, you know? Right. And, and so for, I think all of us have that. Like there's some kind of unmet desire expectation that maybe we, we haven't allowed the Lord to have time to massage and shape himself. Right. And one of the biggest hints is a dissatisfaction or like something's, this feeling of something
0: wrong. Yes, right. Because God doesn't—it's not that God doesn't want to give us what we desire or want— but God has better plans for us than we have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And sometimes, a lot of times, we can get stuck on what we want because we think that's what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm just like, the reality is God knows what's best for us more than what we do. I mean, that and that's uncomfortable, you know, because we don't even know ourselves the best. Right. Compared to our creator, right? Not only do we not know ourselves, we don't know our future. Like, we don't know what
1: life will hold. Um, Absolutely. I mean, how many stories have you heard about? I mean, just kind of continuing that infertility example. Um, you know, they struggle for a long time, They can but then they start adopting, or they, uh, like, find what God actually is calling them to, and then such mm-hmm. joy is brought into their life that is greater than the sadness. Right? Right. I mean, how many times have you heard a story like that?
0: Yeah, because eventually they just surrender their Their plan to the Lord. So, you know, I've experienced that in my own life with expectations or things I thought I should be or do, or, you know, we can get trapped in what I should be at this place in my life or this place in my career or Mm -hmm. this place in my spiritual or emotional maturity or journey. Instead of just saying, this is where I am, I surrender what I think or where I think I should be. And Lord, I just ask that you would begin to work and move me at your pace, which is the next thing that Advent teaches us is that the first is that, uh, on the show, you can go back to the next show. We had a list <laughs> last week of, is, you know, um, God works in ways that, that we don't expect. Uh, the two is that, um, God is not on our time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is what Advent teaches us. Why at that time in history did God decide to do that? We don't know. That's a mystery. Uh, He could have did it another time. Yeah. So God's not on our time. Not only is God not on our time, like, linearly, like, you know, in in when he decided the incarnation should happen, is God wasn't concerned about, you know, the pace or the time, you know, that we thought everything should happen, you know. Like, Advent teaches us that they – they were at peace in the manger where they were. They weren't worried about what was next Mm -hmm. until God told them what was next. Right? Right. There's this uncomfortable, um, there's this tension around, oh God, you're, you work on a whole different time than I work.
1: And this tension I think is, is the tension between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth. Right. Like, to belong to the kingdom of God means that you're on his schedule. It doesn't mean that you're going to know everything. Right. In fact, that's kind of the point is that you don't. But to be on your own schedule, that is the kingdom of man. Right. Right? Like, yeah. that's my kingdom. Yes. I get to control what happens when. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is a, a tension in us, but that's also where the source of our peace comes from, is surrendering to the kingdom of God. Like, belonging to his kingdom brings the peace only he can bring. And we think that we can gain peace by controlling things and, and putting all the puzzle pieces in an order to where it all works out. Like that's the definition of peace. That's what we seek after. That's not the definition of peace. And that's, I think that's why Advent is a great time and, and the um, incarnation is a great experience to say, look, when all the puzzle pieces are all over the place, but it's God's timing, that's the most peaceful,
0: peaceful moment. Right. All the spiritual writers, you know, have- They've, they've all come around the reality of, of this in the spiritual, you know, um, exercises or, you know, it is the only way to experience God is in the present moment, right? Mm-hmm. They talk about the present moment, like right now, right here, you know, if we're thinking about the past or we're worried about the future, we're not experiencing God in the moment, right? Where God is present right here, right now, and that could be present- in our worry and fear and anxiety, certainly. you can be present in our peace and in our rest. But right here is where God is, like in this moment. And we live in such a world that's constantly after us to think about what's ahead, to plan ahead, look ahead, and, you know, worry about what's ahead. And the reality is the only thing we know in God is right now. Like right now he's taking care of us. You know, right now in Advent he's in the manger right? And Joseph and Mary, I, I'm sure that in their humanists were thinking, w- where do we go from here? What's next? And, you know, God's grace of just saying, just be here, be with baby Jesus right here. I have things coming. Like they weren't expecting the Magi to show up. They had no idea and they just showed up.
1: I mean, can you imagine St. Joseph like knowing the time was very close knocking on doors looking for a place i mean i would be out of my mind if i knew i was the one in charge of my wife's birth today and i've right. i've been through a lot like i've seen right. births okay mm-hmm. i kind of know how it works right. but i would be out of my mind right at that time birth happened with the women right like you went you would literally go stay with a woman until you gave birth um, towards the end, right? Right. And so Saint Joseph had like no experience of this, and at that time people died much more often at childbirth. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like, so think about that scenario where he realizes as he gets to Bethlehem, it's up to me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, he, there's no
0: nine one one to to call <laughs> and be like, talk me through this exactly. childbirth thing. Like, you know,
1: it's up to me, and there's literally nowhere to stay. Like, there's nowhere. <laughs> I can't get towels that I need, or I can't get whatever scissors they might have used to cut a cord. Like, I can't get anything. So the temptations of the worry, the fear, the doubt, the inadequacy. Totally. And as he's frantically knocking on doors, do you have room? Do you have room? Do you have room? To stay in the present moment to worship God in that right. is heroic. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a hero to do what he did. And for us, it's kind of the same. Like, our life is similar Often is that we we're running from one thing to the next. We're trying to accomplish what God has given us to accomplish. It's up to us in a lot of situations, um, but it's in those moments that we can worship God, and it's heroic to do so.
0: Yeah, you know. And he finally found a place. He's like, you know, here. This is where. Okay, we're going to be here. This is where yeah. we're going to settle. We're going to, you know, have the baby here. It, th- this is the moment. We're just going to be here. You know. And God took care of every detail. Mm-hmm. Like. That's all we know, you know, and we don't know in scripture, like, the gaps that aren't filled in, like, I don't know, did neighbors come and help, and whatever, I'm sure, but all we know is that God took care of it, everything, right? Yeah. And in that moment, I can't imagine the pain, I had a friend who delivered their first baby on the side of the interstate in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> oh, gosh. Shout out to Matt and Candace Smith. And, you know, the story's crazy, like, they were driving the hospital, and then she just, like, could not... You know, contain the labor. It just happened, and he he delivered. You know, he was like on the phone with nine one one. It's like the <laughs> the the whole deal's happening.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, even in that chaos, he was minutes away from a hospital. He was on the phone with a hospital. Right. Like, it's crazy. I mean, imagine if it's just you in a stable with Mary.
0: I can't even. And you're making this happen. Me and you know, a chicken in a stable. <laughs> <laughs> chicken's laying an egg, you know, I can't, what's going, you know, and this is, this is the important thing. Uh, and I think this is what's hard for us in Avid is, is, um, is to understand that God's timing is different than ours. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we pray about and discern in our lives. We're thinking about, and there's nothing wrong with planning ahead. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having goals and objectives and thinking ahead. But the reality is, is that the way that God works is just on a different time. That's just God's kingdom is different than ours, right? And there may be things in our lives that we've been praying about for a long time. There may be miracles that we need. There may be, um, you know, things in our life that we want to accomplish, and they're taking longer than what we thought, right? Mm -hmm. And that's hard. Yeah. And Advent is a time just to come back to the moment and surrender your time to God. Lord, I want to be at your pace. I want to stay on your time. I want to believe that in your time, you're going to accomplish these things in my life. And when we get on God's time, we certainly begin to grow in the virtue of being present to God in the present moment. Mm -hmm. We begin to think less and worry less about the things that we can't control in the future.
1: Yes, and attentive to that presence. and. This is where the joy of Christianity comes from, is attention to the presence of Christ. It's not just from a knowledge that, oh, I get to go to heaven one day and not to hell, so I should be very happy. It's from the joy of serving Christ in the present moment, that he's present to me right now, and I'm going to be attentive to that presence, and whatever he needs me to do, I'm going to do it. That's a joyful existence, and it comes and goes for us because we're weak. Like we, we Sometimes we're all about that. Like at Mass, for example, I'm all about... Whatever God wants me to do right now, I'll say the prayers, I'll do the things, and there's a peace, right? But then we go to work, or we go home, and there's so much to do, and we forget that God's even present to us, or what he's asking us to do. Um, but Advent and Christmas is a great time to, like, re remind ourselves Christ is present to us.
0: Yep. Right, which leads to number three, like the, th- the third thing in Advent that, that we learn and that's really hard is that Advent teaches the virtue us the virtue of waiting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you. I'm sure you figure this out about me. I'm not a real patient, you <laughs> know, waiting guy. I remember one time I went to the doctor. And no offense to the doctors. I have some friends that are doctors. But those waiting rooms in doctor's offices sometimes can be painful. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine who was a doctor who said, just, you know, come to my office. I'll see you, you know set up an appointment, you know, I was sick, so I went. And the place was nuts. The, the whole city must have been sick. And I can't even tell you, I was, the, the wait was so long. Like I'm talking about like two hours before I got to be seen, two hours Gosh. in a waiting room. I, I was going so crazy, okay? And, like to the point where like, I was like, I'm just leaving. I'm just gonna stay sick right? Think about that. Like, the wait is so long, I'd rather be sick than wait, because the wait was painful. Mm. So I was about to leave, and the, you know, they came back, got me, I went, and the doctor was so generous with his time, and gave me the, the exact medicine that I need, knew exactly what I had, and then didn't charge me for the visit. Wow. So the pain of waiting, I almost left and just said, I'm gonna stay sick. And through the waiting, like I ended up experiencing like great grace and gift in the waiting, right? Even though I was a real jerk about it, right? Yeah. Like I got a free doctor's visit, like I got all the medicine I need, the diagnosis that I need, everything happened for good for me. And I was a jerk face about it because <laughs> I
1: had to wait. It's funny that would get cranky waiting because we know it's going to happen. Like when you go to a waiting room, what do you think is going to happen there? It's called a waiting room, right?
0: But this is what we do. They it's- should say <laughs> you're going to wait for long in this room. <laughs> a long
1: waiting room and then the short waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, um, but one of the definitions of being a Christian is that we wait. Yeah. Like it's part of the package. We wait for Christ to come again in glory at the end of time. We wait for God to give us graces on his time. Like, we wait on him, not the other way around. It's just
0: part of the definition. But yet we get cranky about it. We get real cranky about it. We don't like to wait. I mean, in the human, you know, sense, we don't like to wait, we don't like to wait in line. We don't like to wait for things. I mean, now we live in a culture, God bless our souls, where we could have everything at our fingertips right now, Anything we want, we can get, we can order, we can look up, we can Google, we can search. I mean, we don't wait. Mm -hmm. We get mad, we get (laughs) angry, we want the fast pass at the amusement park, we want all the things. And here's the thing, none of those things in the culture translate to the spiritual life when Mm -hmm. it comes to waiting. And you're right, Adam, like the reality is part of the Christian journey is learning to just be with Jesus waiting. Yes. Well, and one of the more
1: aggravating aspects of our church is actually designed for this, that the church moves slow. And a lot of us get very impatient with this, right? Because mm-hmm. like, we think things should change now, and the bishop should do something now, and the priest should do something now, and the the parish should change this now. But for 2,000 years, the church has moved slow. I don't mean we evangelize slowly. We have periods of great Fast of evangelization, right. but as far as changing and deciding and discerning, I mean, praying. if you've ever been involved in the church to where you've, you're waiting on a decision or you're waiting for something to happen or, and you've had to wait, it can seem very frustrating because we think we know the answer already. Mm-hmm. Like we, we already know what God wants, right? But the church discerns. It's true, and the church has its processes. We and wait in line we for have communion. To wait.
0: We wait in line for communion. You know, we we wait for an annulment.
1: We wait for an moment.
0: You know, we you know, we wait for confession. You know, like there there's waiting in the spiritual life. And waiting with Jesus, it, when we wait by ourselves, it's painful. Mm-hmm. When we wait with Jesus, it's fulfilling. Right? Yes. Advent teaches us to sit in the manger and just be calm. Stay. Everything's okay. God'll tell us when to go to Egypt. God will tell us when to leave Egypt and go back yep. to Nazareth. Like, well,
1: do you know? Yeah. So, make turning the waiting into a visit makes it tolerable, because hmm. you're no longer just waiting; you're visiting, right? Like, if there's somebody it's in the waiting, waiting room with, with, with purpose, you, right, right. And I think you know, the, our blessed Lord teaches that in the Eucharist. He waits for us there all the time. Like that's his job in the Eucharist in the tabernacle. He's a waiter.
0: Right. He just waits. Well, and I love your point there because we see in. Scripture, Jesus is walking, uh, large crowds, and <clears throat> Zacchaeus climbs the tree, right? And he's waiting in this tree for Jesus to come by. Now, it, he, he doesn't want a meeting with Jesus. He just wants a glimpse of him, mm-hmm. right? He didn't even know. So he just wants to see what's, what this is all about. So he climbs in the tree and he waits in a tree, right? Which is interesting because, you know, guys can hunt. They can sit in a tree, myself included, and wait there to hunt, right, for the thing, the deer or whatever to come out. So there is a part of our souls that that actually long to just be still and wait, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, because hunting is waiting. It's not really hunting.
0: Because, it, you know, like it's in a sense of like it is good for the soul. Waiting is is like this time to fill the soul, you know? We just want to wait on our own terms. Yeah. And waiting with Jesus is on his terms. We have to surrender that. So Zacchaeus is in the tree, right? Jesus comes by, and he's waiting in the tree, And he just wants to get a glimpse. Jesus stops, we know the story, and says, Zacchaeus, come down. He says, come down quickly, and then Jesus turns the waiting into a visit. He says, tonight I'm staying at your house, right? I'm Mm -hmm. I'm coming to your place to visit. Zacchaeus is like, wait, wait, what? His waiting turned into a visit, Mm -hmm. a time where he just got to spend with Jesus, talk to him, ask him questions, and vice versa. That's the beauty of the waiting, is that when we don't wait, we miss the appointment.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, this is this is the parable of the virgins, right? The wise and foolish ones, the ones that were able to wait.
0: Yeah. Met the bridegroom, and those that couldn't, didn't. And Jesus talked about that lesson. Like, he's not like, I, you know, I don't have anything else to talk about today. I'm going to make up this story <laughs> about these wise virgins and the ones that are not and the oil, and there's going to be no meaning to it or no purpose. <laughs> I just feel like making some type of analogy and story, and then who cares what it really means. Like, really what he's saying is exactly what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like the ones that waited experience the grace of God, experience the presence of God. When we wait, we're blessed with the visit, the appointment, right? Mm -hmm. I was blessed with the doctor's appointment because I waited and I could have missed out. I wanted to stay sick like that. Think about how jerky that is. I'm just going to stay sick. That's what we do. Instead of waiting, we rather just stay sick. We rather just stay in the way we are instead of just patiently waiting and allowing God to move in his time so that we can experience the grace, the blessing, the breakthrough, whatever it is that we need.
1: Yeah, and when the difference between the doctor and God, I think is important, is that the doc, you waited for the doctor because he could only see so many people at once. Mm-hmm. God can see everybody at once, so he intentionally chooses for us to wait. In other words, the waiting is needed. It's necessary. It's not, an un, it's not a necessary evil. We often think waiting is useless. Right. That's not right. the way God looks at it. Exactly.
0: It, it's productive. It's teaching yep. us.
1: Well, like St. Augustine would talk about, he said, waiting on the Lord expands our desire, our capacity to receive what he's going to give us. And so the waiting is part of the gift. The gift is at the end of waiting. This is how God works with his gifts. And, I mean, think about it. How long did the Jewish people wait for the Messiah?
0: Hmm. A long time.
1: You know, And this created a capacity to receive him the way he was received. How long are we going to wait on God for things in our life? Sometimes a long time. How long do we wait for heaven? Do we wait for heaven? Are we longing for heaven? All of this expands our desire to where when we receive the gift, we are ready to
0: receive it. Hmm. That's good stuff. All right, when we come back... We're going to talk about the fourth and last thing that God teaches us at Advent. Four weeks of Advent, four things to uh, learn. It's Paul and Adam talking Art of Living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs While protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam here. Throwing all the things up against the wall. Woo! Woo! planning out the show. Making Er
1: making (laughs) Catholic Radio sausage.
0: (laughs) Have you ever made sausage? No. Now that you say that, goodness me. Okay, so I have. I'm I'm not a real man. No, no, that's not true. (laughs) But I actually have like the thing that makes the sausage, Mm -hmm. the meat grinder. Where you get your casing from. You just, you buy it at a meat market. Okay. Like a legit one. You know, like a, yeah, like a butcher house shop. Butcher house shop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, a couple of years ago, I, I tried to do it, and I was like, man, this is, like, really kind of, you know, therapeutic. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're just grinding the meat and then making the sausage. But you talk about making sausage. This is an analogy not a lot of people use, but when you're in Louisiana, it's kind of like it's a thing. Yeah, it it's makes It's an sense. analogy. It makes sense. You know, because we make a lot of Boudin sausage.
1: Well, I've been to Boucherie, um, like, twice. Where they just take a whole pig and then do all
0: kinds of things with it. Make all sorts of dishes. And they
1: had a sausage uh, grinder or yeah. maker, you yeah. know? So I saw it happen a couple times. Yeah.
0: It's not rocket science, for it's goodness not sakes, science. but <laughs> there are like different recipes for making yes. sausage, right? Yeah. And I mean, and, like any other food, good sausage, you know it. Right. And so when you use the analogy of making sausage, what you're saying is there's a. It's to make a good sausage, there's a lot of different things that actually go into the sausage. It's not right. just, like, ground meat in a casing. If right. That that would just be, like, hamburger meat or, you know, It'd or... That'd be weird. Whatever. Th- there's a... There's variety. A, there's a variety.
1: It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. What and is, all of that. But it's good. But it's good, just like this show.
0: It's messy, mm-hmm. but it's good. Right. All right, so two other things that advantageous, you know, because the show's going to end soon. And... Uh, <laughs> We got to get this out. <laughs> <laughs> From the waiting, uh, number four is this uh, to be still. Stillness. Stillness. And that gets to a little different level of uncomfortable. You know, I talked about how much I waited and I was blessed in the doctor's office, but I was a jerk about it. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't being just still mm-hmm. in the waiting. There could have been someone next to me that I, I could have been talking to, I could have helped. Like, I missed moments. And I, am guilty of that. I'm guilty of missing moments because my waiting, I'm not waiting in stillness. And the waiting with Jesus is like, just be still and let me, let me hold you. Let me be with you. Let, you know, let our visit be, a visit where we, pay attention to each other. Right, mm-hmm. not distracted.
1: Yeah, and I think for families, this is one of the hardest things, is because we do so much. But some of the best moments happen when you're waiting for the next thing to be done. Like, so for example, um, okay, we got to leave to go somewhere at five. It's now four o'clock, and we could think, "Oh, what can I do for an hour? Like, how can I get the laundry done or get the uh, get the meal ready? You know, like what can I pack into that hour? Right. What if I just waited? with you. Like what if we just visited st- in a still way for like 30 minutes,
0: right? And and this is leads into the next and the final one, the fifth one is this is that advent teaches us to find joy, but we don't find joy alone and we don't find joy in being busy. We actually mm-hmm. find joy in the moment. Like r- real joy is found in those moments where oh, it's going to be an hour till, you know, dinner. Mm -hmm. You know, Christmas dinner, what do we do? Let's just have fun together. Let's just, you know, spend this moment, you know, having fun as a family. And instead of being distracted and, you know, our waiting turns into aggravation, our waiting turns into um, thinking of other things and distraction. Instead of our waiting turning to just being still in the moment and experiencing the moment for what it is, that's when we find real joy.
1: Yeah, it's strange this relationship between waiting and joy, but it's totally true. So I'll give you a really silly example. But the new Star Wars movie comes out like a week from now. Actually,
0: mm-hmm. I was just thinking about w- when that was and coming. my kids have been waiting, but it's been fun. Your like, your kids definitely I can see could be geeked out about this. But it's a
1: joyful waiting. In other sure. words, it's like they know it's going to happen. The so anticipation, so it's not a question. right? Right. And so they know it's going to happen. It's not a question. And there's a lot of things you can do as you wait. Like you could watch other Star Wars movie to prepare. You can have conversations about it with people. Like it, the waiting brings about a connection with others and a joy. And that's a silly example, but, you know, it's the same way with Christmas. We know Christmas is going to happen. We know Christ is going to be celebrated on December 25th. Right. We, know, we know the mass schedule. Like we know right. we know all of it. So what's the point then if we know it's happening? Well, that, that is the point. You know it's happening. So in between now and then, you can be joyful about it. You can talk with people about it. You can uh, get into the Advent season, which is like, it is our way of preparing for that moment, right? Like there's a joy that can come from the waiting that is different than the joy of having. Like it's different than the joy of Christmas. Right. The waiting joy is different than the Christmas joy.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think the whole point of the waiting is to be still in the moment to experience the joy you know we can miss out on the joy of christmas mm-hmm. by not being still to see the miracle of the moment you know how many people walked by the manger yep and didn't know like didn't recognize didn't pause like you see what i'm saying like they, we're all guilty of this and there are moments in our lives that we miss out on But we, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we miss out on moments, joyful moments, moments where we can make a difference in someone's life, do something good, or there are moments we miss out because we're not present to the moment, you know? So, you know, when we think about this season of our life and the season of Advent is that, you know, God works in ways that we don't and he, but he exceeds our expectations, um, and he's not on our time, but when we get on his time, like, great things can happen. And when we wait and we can be still in the waiting, we, we find joy. Wonderful.
1: I'm ready. I'm fired up about Advent. You are? Yeah. How much we got left? Like two weeks? I don't see you are thinking about it. Let's do it. You're thinking too far ahead. <laughs> You're right. I have today. Th- I will wait today. Today is the
0: moment. And, yeah. you know, what's going to happen is that we're going to go to lunch and we're just gonna we're just gonna have fun there. There's nothing that we can do past that. We're just gonna we're just gonna visit.
1: Yeah, we're gonna wait on our food. Joyfully. Enjoy.
0: <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. Uh,
1: this is a this is a great moment, Paul George. Yeah,
0: we're pausing. A lot of people are waiting for the show to end <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> Seriously, oh. Man, so many, so many lessons. So thanks, everyone, for listening in Um, and uh, being a part of the show this whole year, actually. You know, it's kind of crazy we're coming to the end of the year. Um, So many good things. So you can share the show on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Uh, You can look at discovertheartofliving.com. We have a marriage conference coming up in February. It's a great uh, thing if you're married, come to you. It's here in Lafayette, um, Louisiana. It's a one-day conference and just really cool things, man. Um, So thanks, everybody, for your support and uh, your generosity with the show. And thank you, Adam, for waiting patiently with me. Thank you, Paul. Each and every day. (laughs) 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 All right. God bless. Talk to you guys next week.